USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do you hear that? Hear what? I'm receiving some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? It's some sort of message and music. Music? Routed through the main system. Good idea. Routing now. Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Affair. I like that Wookie. Bringing you news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. I just assumed it's a Wookie. Let's get out of here. Ready for light speed? One, two, three. And now your host, Ken, Eric, and Mike. Welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. Uh, as I saw in the notes beforehand, I totally forgot all about it. Happy Life Day or Belated Life Day. Happy Belated Life Day. Yep, Happy Life Day, guys. So I keep forgetting that Life Day is just three days before my daughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I've not had time yet, but I got to get out my copy of the holiday special so I can watch it this year. Yeah, I, I think we're going to watch that closer to Christmas. Yeah, probably. So, um, how's everyone been in the last couple weeks since we last re- reacquainted ourselves with each other? I know that sounds Good. wrong. Been busy. <laughs> yes, busy has been an optimal word. So, Caught on the Cob was really crazy this year. So, uh, I can imagine. It looked from what I saw. It looked like y'all had a pretty good turnout. Oh yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, I actually had to take myself out of a panel because I would have totally destroyed the opposition. <laughs> we actually had um, the Geeksters Court. Has Kylan told you about this yet? Uh. Uh-uh. We did three panels of the Geeksters Court. Kylan got to play judge, and then we pulled up um, two people from the um, crowd to be the um, two attorneys, and then another um, volunteer to be a witness. We did um, DC versus Marvel, which I'll get to in just a minute. They also did Star Trek versus Star Wars, which I kind of took myself out and played the witness instead and was cross-examined, because I, after listening to the argument that the Star Trek guy made, I would have totally destroyed him. He, he would have had no... He would have had to hang his head in shame and walk away (laughs) it just was such a weak argument unfortunately there has to be that war between star wars and star trek despite the fact me personally i had star trek first before star wars came around oh yeah most people did yep um no the the interesting one was you're gonna have to discuss this with kylan mike um in dc versus marvel i represented dc he was the judge he actually had to rule in favor of dc (laughs) really what a my argument, my, he, that showed that he was to actually impartial and weighed both sides of the argument that was given. So I, you may have to ask for his um, agent card back or something. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I've got a, a Hydra agent in the mist. <laughs> so, but it was a good time. It was so, had by all. Then the last one was um, the last one wasn't even really. It was Doctor Strange versus Doctor Who. That was a hard one to actually get some people together and actually have a decent argument against each other. They're really uh, two totally different types of franchises. Yeah, yeah, they really are. So, what what was the argument that caused you to bow out for well, the other guy's sake? I had already I had already won the DC argument first. So the next day when they did the uh, Marvel versus DC, I was like, you know what? I've already been the lawyer once. Why don't we let someone else get up here to do it? And then after the after it was done, I'm glad that um, I was actually just the witness. And um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he, they ended up having to judge in favor of Star Trek because the Star Wars guy just didn't make a decent argument at all. Okay. So what was the Star Trek guy's argument well, that you were just some of the stuff they brought up? Um, oh, I got to remember exactly what it was. I know some of the stuff they had was um, he actually tried to bring up um, who would win in a race, the Millennium Falcon or the Inter- or the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> it's like you you can't. Me- well, no, you can't measure it. No. In Star Trek, it, everything's measured in distance, in speed. Or no, in speed. In Star Wars, all the units of measure that we know of are measured in distance. So it's kind of hard to compare speed to distance. Right. You know? So that that's one. Um, one, the guy, Star Trek guy tried to argue a little bit with me of who would win in a firefight, a Star Destroyer or the Enterprise. Oh, without a doubt, there, there's, there's no argument there. Well, I, to- I told him, it's like, dude, one, the Enterprise would fit in a docking bay of a Star Destroyer. 
And all I have to say is thousands of turbo laser or proton torpedo batteries. By the time the Enterprise actually fires enough phasers to actually even hit one of the shields, it's already being bombarded. This thing's made for planetary bombardment from from space. It can destroy level continents. One Star Destroyer can destroy the surface of a planet in about a day. Yeah. So there's no comparison there. I mean, that's when you can compare back and forth, but there's no way. The the, um, Federation ships for Star Trek are designed for exploration. They have defensive weapons. The Star Destroyers are offensive weapons. (laughs) There's a big difference. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let alone the squads and squads of TIE fighters. Yep. So it was just, and like I said, I would have destroyed every argument that he brought up, but the, the guy arguing for Star Wars just didn't put it together. So it was fun, though. That's it was cool. all done in fun, and we made sure everybody knows that hey, we had love. We have love for all of this. I like Marvel. I, I like DC more, but I like Marvel. I have no problem with Star Trek. I love Star Wars. <laughs> so it was just fun to see it done. We're gonna make a couple changes to it and bring it back again next year, probably. Well, that's cool. Well, speaking of changes, uh, news that broke out uh, November eighteenth: Amelia Clark joins the Han Solo standalone film. So yet another Game of Thrones star comes to the Star Wars galaxy. Um, At some point, I got to watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. You've never watched it? I don't have HBO. Ah. I don't have, we've not had cable for two years. Uh, I have HBO just for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, that's not true. HBO actually has a lot of really good shows. Yeah. I barely have time to watch. I barely have enough time to watch what I need for the shows, the podcast that I do. Yeah. So, um... Clark, known for her stirring portrayal of uh, Daenerys Targaryen, uh, the Dragon Queen in Game of Thrones, uh, she will be joining the the upcoming Han Solo Star Wars movie in a role. Um, uh, Clark's role will, will round out a dynamic cast of characters that Han and Chewie will encounter on their adventures. Uh, she joins Alden Enrich, Aaron Ehrenreich. Thank you. And Donald Glover, uh, previously cast as Han Solo and Lando Calrissian uh, in this highly anticipated film, which is still set to take place um, prior to the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, Of course, this movie is set to be released in 2018, helmed by directors Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. And this should be starting filming um, right around the first of the year. Yeah. 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 So I, think I believe be the great addition the, to the cast. Yeah. So, so who do you think she's going to be? I don't know. Han Solo's wife. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. From the um, the one that they introduced in the Star Wars comic books. Is that what you're yeah. thinking? Yeah. Even though ethnicity might not be the same. Uh, yeah. Or you know what? What was the name of the girl that um, in the deleted scenes from A New Hope? The one in the bar with him. Do you remember who I, I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember her name, but that's a possibility as well. Yeah, I don't remember. Her he name had like either. a girlfriend in the bar in a deleted scene. Well, I think he had a girlfriend at every bar in every well, deleted probably. scene. Probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, we we are talking about the scoundrel. Yeah, or or as Leia would put it, that scruffy looking nerf herder. <laughs> so, um, it, it, doors wide open. I mean, look what they've done with with Rogue One and the cast of characters there. I mean, yeah. what if she's a character from uh, from the Clone Wars that we might have seen? Or what if she's a character that we've never seen at all? Yeah. Yeah, someone entirely new. What if she's I just kind of hope for that. Yeah, I hope I hope that. she is someone we don't know. Yeah. Like, it was refreshing this week on Rebels. I know you haven't seen it yet, Mike, but um, Iron, um, Iron Squadron, it was not anybody we actually knew. It was three brand new characters. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, I'm going to cover Rebels real quick. This week's Rebels. Well, we don't want to spoil too much for you, but... Uh, sorry. Um, it, it so, was, uh, basically... Go ahead. If we, if we don't do that Rebels roundup, then it's not a show. Yeah. Well, this week we had Iron Squadron. For some reason, is it me or is Rebels seem like they're going every other week? right now they've in the last four weeks they've skipped two of them yeah they have yeah uh could be because of the holiday stuff it's possible since i don't watch actual on disney xd i don't know what they've been playing in place of rebels there were there was actually reasons for it i don't remember what the reasons were but there was something else they were showing or something the reasons were reasons that's right. It could be too. They they might be trying to time it where certain characters are going to get introduced to tie in with uh, Rogue One as well. Yeah. That you know, maybe characters ahead of themselves or something. Yeah, maybe characters from the movie um, w- might get a little bit of a backstory in 
in Rebels. Okay. Which is a strong possibility. Well, we ha- we meet um, Hera and the um, crew of the Ghost have to go to this planet to basically um, help evacuate all the Rebel sympathizers from there because they hear the Empire is getting ready to invade. When they do, they find, a, um, you'll like this, Mike, an, a Karelian YT-2400 freighter is being attacked by an Imperial light cruiser. So do you remember which one the 2400 was? I, I went out, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, hey. I was like, nah, it couldn't yeah. be. <laughs> I don't know um, which one's the 2400. That's the the outrigger cockpit version with um, Dash Rendar from Shadows of the Empire. Oh, flying. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was straight up out of Shadows of the Empire. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, but we find out, I, and I first saw that, and I was like, wait a minute. If this ship's in here, are they going to actually put Dash Rendar in here? But no, it wasn't. It was actually, um, I had the same thought. Do you remember the names of the crew? Uh, one was Micah Sato or Marka. Yeah. That was the captain. It was a three three kids I don't flying in it, and it was actually Commander Sato's nephew. And basically, they're um they're fighting a one-ship rebellion against the Empire. Yeah. So um, their ship is falling apart they have no hyperdrive they have no choice but to fight because they can't run even if they wanted to yeah and they're using um explosive cargo containers as bombs yeah so um but it's great because um when the rebels do sit down and talk to them um and tell them okay you got to get out of here because when the empire finally shows up because it was basically just one of those um imperial transports that holds the four tie fighters underneath a light transport that's all that he was fighting he was thinking he was fighting the entire empire and that's what he was fighting i love how he keeps saying oh finally a star destroyer and they're like that's not a star destroyer Yeah, they moved up to a light cruiser yeah. with a couple of transports, and he thought for sure he was fighting a Star Destroyer. <laughs> then when you do finally see a Star Destroyer show up, then he's like, uh, okay, we can get out of here now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, there was some good stuff in here. Um, you could see Chopper um, arguing and fighting with the um, with the Iron Squadron's droid when it comes yeah. to trying to fix the ship. So um, there was some good stuff in there. I'm trying to think what um, teasers other than the, that ship were in here, possibly. There wasn't a whole lot of teasers and stuff, but it, it was just a good, yeah. solid episode. Episode. Yeah, it was a pretty good episode. We had to we see a little more of Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, every time I see him, the, that voice is perfect for Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh, yeah. I love it. Where it's like a half whisper. Yeah. Now, is, is Thrawn... Who's doing the voice of Thrawn? Is um, that, I don't remember, but I will look it up for you. I know Steven... It's not anybody that's been in Rebels or anything before. Okay. I was going to say, Steven Stanton's still doing um, still doing Grand Moff Tarkin, carrying yes. over from, from the other. Yeah, if, it, if it's a character that came from um, Clone Wars over to Rebels, then they have the same actor playing them. Yeah, which I like. Yeah, yeah. So, well, if while Ken's looking up who's playing or who's doing the voice of Thrawn, um, well, let's let's move on to some some Rogue One news. So, Derek, won't you uh, take Alrighty. the take on this mission as long as it's not a failed mission? <laughs> Well, in an article in uh, MoviePilot.com, uh, it says Rogue One will probably feature a major failed mission for the Rebels. Uh, and this does contain spoilers, so we'll try not to, or possible spoilers. But Yeah, I think it's more rumors than spoilers. Yeah, it's really rumors. Uh, but after the uh, second international trailer for Rogue One came out, which I did not get a chance to watch yet... <laughs> It, the one I saw came from Japan, and I will say I was excited up until one point. Oh, yeah! Everything I saw in it, I loved. I I just got disappointed because I didn't want a lightsaber, and we see oh. Vader's saber. Ah, uh, okay. Well, if he's the only one with it, that makes sense that he has it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, we don't know how much he uses it either. But oh, to jump back for just a second, Lars Mikkelsen is um, Grand Admiral Thrawn, and he's not in any other. Um, he's not doing any other voices right now. Nice. I okay. guess he was in. Um, yeah, I don't recognize any of the movies that he's been in. Okay. On his filmography, let's we'll see. He does some voice acting and stuff too, but it's just a lot of um, a lot of underground stuff. Or actually, it looks like a lot of foreign films and stuff. Oh, he was in Sherlock for two episodes. Hmm. So yeah, it's a lot of stuff from um, Europe and stuff. Okay. Interesting. All right. So continuing on with the yes. the article it says we can see the X-wing pilots fighting around a circular space station, which could be the construction site of the Death Star's main weapon, the laser firing dish. It says it is highly likely that this battle is part of the first attempt to destroy the Death Star. We can see the planet Scarif below, and there are several shots in the trailer of Jin and her Strike Force fighting on the planet's surface. However, this plan goes horribly wrong, and the space battle at least is a crippling defeat for the rebellion and it's likely that the fight on the planet's surface doesn't go much better so they're saying this could possibly be we could possibly see a major defeat for the rebels here which makes sense 
Right. Well, yeah. You gotta have some defeats in order for a victory, major victory, to come out. All right. Well, yeah. The, also, the next point they make is actually a pretty good one too. Some of the information they had in here, I'm questioning, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, which point are you? Were you? Uh, right before victory over the empire. Oh, the super nerdy part. Yeah. <laughs> About the rebel fleet. Yeah. We can see at least three Nebulon B frigates and two Hammerhead Corvettes. Thanks to Star Wars Rebels, we know exactly how the Rebel Alliance acquired the Corvettes. Three were stolen from the Empire in the Season 2 episode, A Princess of Lothal. Yeah. Later, in the first episode of Rebels Season 3, one of the Corvettes was attacked by Darth Maul, but it seemed to be salvaged by the Rebellion. However, by the time Rogue One rolls around, it looks like the Rebel Alliance are down to two Hammerhead Corvettes. Okay, but um, the whole thing here later on. The, I'll wait. We you gotta get through the rest of them talking about the fleet here too. The next couple of paragraphs. Yeah, so much before this battle occurred, we next see the rebel fleet in its entirety at the end of Empire Strikes Back, and it's significantly decreased in size. The corvettes, in particular, are nowhere to be seen, and there's only one Nebulon B frigate left, which is the actual ship upon which Luke recuperates after his battle with Darth Vader. Uh, A New Hope didn't actually diminish the size of the Rebel fleet because the attack on the Death Star was carried out mainly by the X-Wing squadrons while the fleet orbited Yavin. This leads us to believe that the Hammerhead Corvettes were lost in Rogue One along with two of the Nebulon B frigates, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Although 18 months passed between episode 4 and 5. Haven't we had that discussion before? Yeah. Yeah. And it's possible the ships were lost then. It looks like the attempted sabotage of the Death Star's laser dish is a major defeat for the Rebellion. So, my thing here was, how do they, where they're assuming that the fleet was there at Yavin also. But we've never seen anything that says one way or the other on that. Yeah, I was wondering um, that too. And also, they're citing all this stuff from Rebels. Um, What's the chances, this may not be the same Rebel fleet as we get later in Empire. Because we see that the rebellion, at, at least at the time of Rebels, and probably at the time of um, Episode Four, is still multiple small pockets. So there may be a larger fleet here, a smaller fleet there. Sure. It was all pockets of resistance that slowly start coming together. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they really don't truly formalize or um, organize. There we go. Uh, until mm-hmm. almost Empire. Well, actually, right. even until because if you look at Jedi, is a lot larger fleet than an Empire. Yeah. Actually, it's probably so it Jedi may- is when they probably organize the most. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I always I thought um, the fleet that we meet um, at the end of Empire is actually what's left of who left um, Yavin Bay or um, Hoth and um, basically the people who picked them up from Hoth. Then um, from there, they go and meet the larger fleet and they have the time between Empire and Jedi to start for everybody to come together. Because really, as the rebellion, it would make it would actually be tactically um, a huge mistake for them to put the whole fleet together because that makes one big target right and which is and that would definitely show up on the empire's radar because if you look um the emperor says in um jedi that um or it's not the emperor one of them talks about or no it's vader vader mentions that there's reports of of a fleet um coming together around sullust right so it's like if you put the whole fleet together they're gonna notice it it makes more sense to keep it spread out all over the galaxy right yeah until you're ready to actually use it Mm mm-hmm so I'm thinking I'm thinking Booby Pilot here actually just made a whole lot of assumptions just to yeah. try to make this into a bigger story than it actually is. Possibly, I mean there's some yeah. awesome stuff in here, but Well I now if this is true, this is awesome. But I mean, I mean, if we're throwing in speculations, then let's throw the one in yeah. there that, that Jen root um that Jen's a, also a force user. Because yeah. that's supposedly been alluded to as well, that we see her in one of the trailers potentially using the force. Yeah. Uh. Well actually Something that goes with that is, um, so far as we know, kyber crystals are very much um, tied into Force users, correct? Right. I mean, that's uh, that's right. uh, goes without saying anymore in Star Wars. Um, there's a scene in the new tr- international trailer. Did you see that? Did you notice this one, Mike? Where I think it's um, Jin's mom giving a very young Jin some kind of a crystal on a necklace. Yeah, then yeah. they flip forward to her holding that crystal. Oh, What's the chances that's-, that's actually a small kyber crystal? Yeah, that's what I'm alluding to, is that she's mm-hmm. potentially a Force user. Oh, and actually says that right there on this article, too. Uh, There's another article right beside it. <laughs> yeah. But so there's some awesome stuff, and we got less than a month to um, wait to see this. Yep. Yeah. One of my one of my now favorite. they would just sell the tickets already. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite memes has been there, here. Here's a wife. Oh, counting down to Christmas, and the husband. Nope, counting oh, down yeah. to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So 
Um, well, the the other one I like is that I keep reposting is uh, is uh, I forget the exact wording, but it's like you're all excited about Christmas. I'm like, well, here I am excited about Rogue One coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, speaking of Rogue One coming out, is there what other characters might we see in the show you know, in, in this particular movie? Yeah. Well, the inverse.com actually had an article about that. Possibly this ties into actually the battlefront game and the new content that's coming out because of rogue one. Um, according to the inverse, um, everybody's favorite Celestin in the star Wars universe, nine numb might be actually joining rogue one. Um, I love him. Yeah. Well, the, the, he was great. And, um, it was great seeing him in, um, episode eight. So it, why not throw him in here too? But it looks like th- this is actually, a, um, from some of the trailer and artwork from, um, star Wars battlefront, rogue one scarf revealed, um, some familiar Fort Rogue One faces. You can actually see. I'm looking at the painting here. You got um, what's her name, um, Jin, looking back into a foxhole, and there's a Celestin sitting there that looks a lot like Nine Numb. Yeah. Now, um, whether that is I Numb or not, we don't know. Does this is that character actually in Rogue One? We don't know yet. Um, according to the article here, though, it says the Celestin we see in the Battlefront art could also be another Celestin and not Numb, of course. But it's worth noting that um, Numb was responsible for transporting refugees in his ship, the Melcrawler, for um, Princess Leia. Um, the call for Numb's help wasn't originally made by Leia, though. It was made by Evan Verlaine, a rebel pilot who was rumored to appear in Rogue One, though later was revealed to be the character Zaldines. So um, it says he also, Numb also fought with the Resistance to destroy Starkiller Base in The Force Awakens, meaning that if he's in Rogue One, he'll probably, um, he'll be probably the only Star Wars character with back-to-back appearances after The Force Awakens. So this is, um, like I said, it's speculation on one piece of concept art and um, gameplay art from the the, um, new Scarif battles, Battleground and Battlefront. So it's a I, I wouldn't mind having this painting though. This thing is clean. It's beautiful. Yeah, it yeah, is. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Well, I, I've been I've been digging to the um, like the different galleries with each episode from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And it's something they did with Clone Wars as well. Uh, some of the concept art mm-hmm. or, or the art galleries. Oh, mm-hmm. there's some beautiful stuff there. Some major beautiful stuff there. So, um, well. Let's let's head into a world where I'm quite familiar. Just a little. Just a little. Um, apparently, this weekend was the um, Destination D event at at Disney World at Walt Disney World. Um, it's and you didn't get your tickets. I'm not a member of D23. Oh, that's the whole thing. I'm not a member. I thought your ranking would supersede that. Nope. I get discounts <laughs> for it. I get discounts for it, but um, it was revealed uh, today as we were as we're recording on the on the nineteenth that um, a stunning new image from Walt Disney Imagineering just shows us how amazing the Star Wars themed land at at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, well, look, once the sun goes down, did y'all see this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just pulled it up to get a little bit bigger. Oh. Um, as you can see, the land, um, when you see the picture, the land will take on a whole new dimension after dark and feature adventures and surprises around each corner, which I'm, I'm expecting if they, if they have Streamo more, um, incognito spy-like actions with it or, or shady dealings. Uh, if you look close, the image reveals a peek at what you'll discover in the all-new land located in the southwest corner of Disney's Hollywood Studios. It's a southwest corner that's going to put it um, over by Star Tours still. I was going to say, is Star Tours' current location on the footprint where this is going to be? Or are uh, they going to have to move it? I'm not seeing the picture right offhand. My picture has disappeared. Oh, wait. Um, See, I've never been to Hollywood Studios, so I don't know. If that's an ad at at the beginning... At the entrance to this, where the X-Wing is, yeah, then that is Star Tours. Okay. Well, you know where this is going to actually be at. Is that actually accurate with the actual current map of the grounds? Well, what this picture is? Yeah, would this kinda, be, I mean, kinda. map-wise, is that where Star Tours would be in relation to where they're putting this? Possibly. Okay. Um, it's kind of hard to do to guess any of that off of, like, concept artwork anyway. Yeah, yeah, it, and I can't get a I can't get a picture of this blown up. So yeah, I had to open it in a new tab and then zoom out and all that. Um, it might now, not be an a, an actual accurate map, 
uh, yeah. depiction. It might just be an artist rendition. Yeah. And a lot of times it, the layouts are, are close. Mm. Um, but, you know, to see this one of the signature attractions being the Falcon, where we can sit there and take control of the ship. Yeah. 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 I'm not leaving for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you got to leave. No, no. You just don't understand. The best thing to, ha- to happen for fans since Star Wars Battle Pods. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Walt Disney Parks and Resorts Chairman Bob Shapik, um, or Chapik also shared that for the first time, we are adding a new adventure to Star Tours, the Adventure Continues attraction. Uh, Walt Disney Imagineering and Lucasfilm teams are currently in production to add an exciting new mission based on elements from Star Wars Episode Eight. It is nice to see that they're able to, that they're start, they are doing this. They did it with um, Episode Seven too, if I remember, didn't they? They did. They did. Yeah. But um, it because is fantastic because if I remember right, this was Lucas's idea to start with at the very beginning in the '80s when he did Star Tours was that they would update it every so often, adding new parts to it. Yeah, which which never happened from from either side. But um, when they did Star Tours: The Adventure Continues, aka Star Tours 2.0, uh, mm-hmm. which the 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 storyline quote unquote takes place before the original Star Tours. Yeah. Um because you see the original pilot in the now in the queue line. It says um something along the lines of do not use. It's there there's a malfunction or something like that. I don't remember right offhand. I've got pictures somewhere. Yeah. But um but the last time I wrote it the first sequence was Jakku, yeah. where where where's the whole Falcon through the Star Destroyer? But you're but you're taking the you're taking the uh, Star Tour shuttle through the Star mm-hmm. Destroyer and following the oh, Falcon, cool. and it, it's awesome. it's awesome. And, and yeah, being, I heard in, for... being in that Go flight, ahead. almost in that point of view perspective, instead of like in the movie, it even though you you don't do the loops or whatnot, just the motion of it, oh, does it it, it gets you. <laughs> cool yeah i've heard um like i said i've never been to disney but um listening to star wars podcasts and all the different podcasters i guess um disney at one point when they reopened star tours said with the original um layout of the different scenes um without the jakku scene it was some insane number like you had to you would have had to ride the ride statistically somewhere between 60 and 90 times to get the same ride twice yeah there were 54 different combinations yeah between the openers the uh the openers, the um, the middle, the mm-hmm. the interactions, because because you, you start off with with takeoff, and you, you had your imperial entanglement, entanglement, which is one of two entanglements. Then you had your your first planet. Then you had your rebel interaction, or or the possibility of Boba Fett, which I had once. And then um, then you had your second planet, and then you then you had your your landing, which usually took place on the same same planet as your second planet. It might just be a different okay time period. Now I've had the same. I've had duplicate of the same planets, but I have not had the same ride twice yet. Yeah. Well, I awesome. heard also, isn't there um, a point in there where like a hologram's talking to you or something, and you got Yoda and like two or three other characters that there's, can pop up? There's Yoda, there's um, Boba Fett, and there's uh, Princess Leia. Okay, cool. So there's like, there's so many different things that can change each ride that it's oh, yeah. really hard to get the same thing twice. Yeah. And with the the Imperial entanglements, you have um, you, you have Darth Vader start uh, stopping the shuttle with the Force, huh. and then you also have cool. a probot or uh, an Imperial probot stopping the shuttle and and like cutting through the uh, force, you know, the the force filled windshield to uh, to check inside to see if the Rebel spy is there. Ah, awesome! Hmm. So it, it's it's pretty cool. Um, now on YouTube you can find the original uh, attraction movie. Okay. From the original, and it's the the film with the time code of um, what the original ride was like. And of course you hear P- um, Captain Rex, voiced by Paul Rubens, aka Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yeah, who they did bring back for Rebel season one to play yes. the same character. Yes. Well, to to play the same droid. Well, yes. to do the voice of the droid. So it's assumed that he is the voice. Of or all the all the shuttle pilot droids are the same. So um, so could you imagine going back and going? Okay, here's the settings we used for all that, and and here's what we need to do to match Paul Rubin's voice to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, so we have it for the show to keep that continuity because there's two different type of pilots now. Um, with Star Tours, there's a pilot that actually walks like a normal droid, and okay. then you ha- and then you have. 
um, the type of pilot that you have in the Star Speeder 2000s, which you kind of see in Star Wars Rebels, where it's just mounted right. at the cockpit. And I, I don't know which Star Speeder is used in, in Rebels because it's not the same as what they use in, um, at the parks because the pilot is to the left in the parks. The pilot sits on the left and his chair's okay. on the left, not, not in the center. So, so I'm assuming that ship is a slightly different ship. Possibly, yeah. Maybe it's the 1500 or the 500 or the 100. Who knows? <laughs> Somebody knows. Almost sounds like a clue game with how yeah. we hunt down what the ship is. Ah, uh, yeah. So, I want that. I really, really want this. Yeah. There's there's a yeah. new a new version of Clue coming out. It's a Star Wars Death Star, and you can infiltrate the Death Star. And uh, in the write-up we have for it on daily.com, it says, if I can get it to scroll down, I'm having an issue with this page. Ah, it looks beautiful, the uh, board, as we're looking at it here while you're waiting to scroll down. Yeah, it's it's like a two-level board. and The whole 3D action of it. Ah. Here we go. In Star Wars Clue, three to six players have to sneak around the Death Star to discover Vader's plans before he destroys another planet. Sorry, Alderaan. (laughs) (laughs) And then figure out the right vehicle to make your getaway in, which is an interesting aspect. Yeah. Uh, The general rules of Clue you already know still apply, but they just get some intergalactic flavor rather than a whodunit murder mystery. The game's going to be $28.19 on Amazon and ships for free. And it it does. It looks really... The board looks awesome. You get some great characters in there, some some figures of uh, like uh, Chewie, Luke, R2, 3PO, Leia, and uh, Han. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely themed around the um a new hope yeah, yeah. definitely yeah um and the uh, the escape aspect sounds really interesting too mm-hmm. yeah so you have to figure out how to get out now is this actually be do we know is this actually being put out by hasbro uh i don't know well yes let me go to amazon yes it is Clue okay. game star wars edition by hasbro let me see is is this supposed to be up now on um amazon or is this something soon to come it's according to amazon the link i have it's in stock cool yes it and, looks so cool and then there is yet another star wars battleship yes <laughs> i i have the one based and around, risk i have the battleship based around uh was it episode one mm, i have the first battleship that they came out with and, it, and it's electric cool. I, I also have the original monopoly too star wars edition monopoly yeah i have that actually i still have the cd-rom from the original star wars monopoly cd-rom game oh really if i remember it actually works on my on um it worked on my windows xp i don't know if it does on windows 10 i've not tried it that should actually be right here beside the the disc is probably gonna scream at you no (laughs) there it is right there hasbro interactive nice wow i am so gonna get this game and make my wife play it with me (laughs) <laughs> yeah. See, I don't have to make my wife do it. She would actually play with it, play it with me anyway. I, I, like I, I think my family would play this one. I think Zoe would have a good time with it too. I'm sure my friends would love to play it too. So, um, now, <laughs> Ken, Ken's got our next story, and I'm so excited for this. I do. Yes. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> Get a clue, Ken. Guess, yeah. <laughs> no, that's I the story where we, we were. <laughs> yeah, we already did clue. <laughs> oh, I had the I have the comic book story, don't I? Yes, you do. I'm How so did I get the comic book story and you didn't steal this one? Well, Marvel is the, finally putting out. Um, I had the park story. Yeah. Well, Marvel Comics is finally putting out their own Mar- Darth Maul comic. Now we've already had one Darth Maul comic series that actually was put out by Dark Horse, but is part of the new canon. Yes. And that was the Sons of Dathomir. Correct. But um, this is um, Marvel putting it out finally. This and it's um, coming out next year, and it actually is Darth Maul before the Phantom Menace. Yes. When he's still awesome. learning. Um. It says, on tap for the antagonistic warrior, lots of rage, a need to take revenge against the Jedi, and problems taking orders. Sounds like an early Darth Maul. Um, The the writer for this is someone we've had on Weeby Geeks. It's Colin Bunn, who he's also also been doing Drax. Uh, Cool. Oh, what else did he just do? Did he just... He hasn't been doing Solo, has he? No. Wait, I got that up. No, that's Marjorie Liu. Um... He did another one. Another Star Wars book? I, or? Thought he, I thought he did another Star Wars book. I don't know. Might have. 
I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> uh, Old man memory. I'm checking now. Colin Bunn. Yeah. Well, while you're doing that, let me go through. Um, in the book, um, we find Darth Maul, an untested warrior under the training of Darth Sidious, who would later become the Galactic Emperor, who, um, or he's told to stand down from engaging the Jedi yet, and Maul instead hunts down the worst of the, um, the worst of the worst in the cosmic underworld to vent his frustrations. After learning a young Jedi Padawan named Eldra Cadis has fallen into the hands of a crime lord, Maul seizes the opportunity to test his skills against a real Jedi, but also make maybe turn someone else to the dark side. Now, Colin Bunn is melding the melding versions of Darth Maul that the audiences have seen into one, from the attack dog mentality of the character played by Ray Park in The Phantom Menace, um, before he was sliced in half, um, to the cunning Maul that we see in The Clone Wars and Rebels. It says, Bun took a lot of inspiration from the big Maul fight scene from The Phantom Menace, where um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon almost meditatively wait for the encounter while Marth Ball, Darth Maul paces. Um, now, he says, I like seating I like seating where the impatience and anger come from, he says. Now, Eldra is a protagonist who, quote, has a huge impact on Maul's life going forward. And Bun also promises interactions between Maul and Sidious that look at how Sidious relates to his apprentice. Um, he, he also says, quote, he's not a very warm teacher, which we wouldn't expect from Darth Sidious. <laughs> no. Um, Bun says he finds the fine line between devoted, um, between devoted to the dark side or light fascinating in the struggle between Jedi and Sith. Uh, so a big part of the story is Darth Maul's descent into, into the dark side and almost being being tempted away from it yeah. so it sounds very interesting yeah, yeah definitely I, this is his first realm into the star wars lines over at marvel yeah he's uh, done a lot of other stuff okay. but, uh, yeah he he's done a lot he's done drax but he's also been doing uh deadpool mercs for money as well mm-hmm. uh and a lot of other deadpool titles in the past uh and it's being drawn by luke ross and it's it's, it's the co- the cover on this is, is just absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I don't know who's doing the cover. I don't know if that's Rod Rees or, uh, but this comes out in February. It says the photo is Rod Rees from Marvel Comics. So right, but I don't know if that's him on the cover as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's February. Oh, it can't get here soon enough. Just in time for my birthday. <laughs> so yes, I might have to get another another short box just for my comic titles. <laughs> well, speaking of comics, uh, here's what's coming out uh, in the next few weeks, book-wise, comics, and from not Delray, like I said last time, but DK Books. I don't know why yeah. I said Delray last time. Um, again, <laughs> I, th- I think I stated it last show. Uh, Star Wars number twenty-five. It comes out this Wednesday, uh, November 23rd, right before Thanksgiving. This is a book that we're going to be thankful for once it does come out. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to see. I know there's plenty of variant covers for this as well. Uh, oh, yeah. There's, there's going to be a Star Wars variant cover. There's going to be or an action figure variant cover. There's probably going to be one or two others. Um, also, too, Han Solo number five. Uh, written by Marjorie Liu, um, penciler Mark Brooks. Uh, of course, I think we talked, it was supposed to be out beforehand, before this episode released it as well, and that didn't happen either. (laughs) So, um, and then coming from DK is Star Wars Rogue One Secret Mission. It's a DK reader level four, uh, and it's Star Wars Rogue One combines, um, Four four level reading scheme with the exciting box office record breaking Star Wars movies. Uh, the DK readers help kids learn to love reading, and that's all the information I have. Wait, uh, yeah, that's all the information I have on this book. Uh, this book will release uh, December first. Nice. So, I'm uh, I know the Star Wars twenty five. I'm 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 looking forward to the main story, but I'm also looking forward to the the R two backup story in it too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as from uh, Chris Eliopoulos. Uh, yeah, uh, Eliopoulos. Yeah, and it's supposed to be a pretty good story. Uh, he's writing yeah. and he's doing the writing and the art. Uh, better than the C three PO story. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, for those of y'all who don't know, um, Derek and I are on Weeby Geeks, and Ken is on uh, Geek Watch One, and 
DC Superpowers podcast. And we, yes. on Weeby Geeks, um, we have, since Geekwatch One is our sister show over there, we, we have started the award show called The Weebies. Um, which seems like the most logical name for it, right? Oh, and yeah. um, I came. We were joking when we were coming up with the categories about worst comic, and we almost put. And we almost did that category <laughs> just for the one shot. <laughs> See, I like. I thought this story was awesome. If we didn't have to wait so long, it was actually a yeah. decent story. If we did, if it wasn't, we if we weren't anticipating it for six months. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I do the rant again. If the oh, book, we've heard it. <laughs> if the book came out in December, the book would have been solid. The book would have been probably amazing and sold the money and, and, and sold multiple more issues than it actually did. But because it was so late and so far behind, and at this point in time, we could care less why C-3PO had a red arm. And we could care less that, oh, this was to tie into the movie when it was supposed to. We don't care because it was... even. Though it's under the Star Wars title and supposedly fits in the in with the Star Wars twenty, you know, with the the title that just came out with the twenty fifth issue, uh, it's under that grouping, but as a one shot, so a spinoff of that. Um, and then wasn't that like a five dollar book or something? Yeah, on top of that, five dollar yeah. book. Yeah. That's the most expensive free comic book day book I've ever I've ever purchased. Yeah. <laughs> At this point in time, they should have just – and a lot of it was because of the artist. It was delayed because of the artist. Uh. At this point in time, or at that point in time, they should have just turned around and and cut their losses on it and just said, this is a free comic book day book. Yeah. Yeah. Because a, a month later was free comic book day. <laughs> yeah. So um, – I was, I mean, it was a good story, but I was disappointed with it because of when it came out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it, it ended up not being worth it. Worth it. Yeah, it definitely was not worth the story. It, it would have had more impact if it came out in December when it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet here we are now a month out from the next film. And there's nothing in the solicits for a Rogue One adaptation. Oh, yeah. Well, we had to wait, what, six months before, um, or more? Wasn't it this past summer's when they finally started putting out the Force Awakens adaptation? Yeah. And it's like, oops. <laughs> so, what do you do? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It is. Well, we here at Wookiee Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Chewy. Anything else? You sure had a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, 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 he did. Um, we kind of have a love for all things Wookie or or of the walking carpet variety. Um, Star Wars put out a a guide to Wookies in the Star Wars saga. Um, for Star Wars fans who want a better understanding of various topics, there's a lot of material to weigh through in the playlist we. This is uh, from StarWars.com. It's their playlist. It's character uh, character history. It's a, a column on their site. Um, they they select installments of Star Wars that will give you a greater understanding of a specific topic. Uh, it's like creating your own Jedi archives or a cheat sheet for your Jedi midterms, so to speak. Um, so they chose Wookiees for this particular article. And uh, Chewbacca has been one of everyone's favorite uh, co-pilots, first mates, whatever you want to call them. Uh, since he hit the screens back 40 years ago. Uh, in the meantime, much has been learned about the Wookiees, the, which is the particular race he belongs to, hence the name of this show, the, the inspiration for this show. Oh, that's where we got it from. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. where you got that, that whole Wookiee thing from. It, it's, it was the, the threat of having, if we didn't name it Wookiee Radio, it, it was the threat of having um, arms ripped off. Ah, okay. okay let's ch chill, chill. Um, so Not a good idea to upset a Wookiee. No. Um, ever since the, the, the start of the Empire, Wookiees had been enslaved and became a critical part of um, the... the I guess the the balance of the, of the Star Wars universe in in the new era of Star Wars, though they've given a lot more story to the enslavement and and the plight of the Wookiees over the years. Um, and of course, from what we know, it goes back to Star Wars: The Clone Wars, uh, season three, episode twenty two, called "The Wookiee Hunt," where we learn that the Wookiees are natural enemies of the Trandoshans. 
Uh, and during the Clone War, the furry bipeds, the walking carpets, um, were still getting kidnapped and hunted by the cowardly lizard hunters, uh, aka Bosk is a is a prime example. Uh, here uh, in this episode, we see Ahsoka Tano uh, teaming up with Chewbacca to survive. Um, then in Revenge of the Sith, this is where we see the Society of the Wookiees flourish as they try to fend off the Separatists. But this also happens to be amidst um, the time of Order 66, leaving the new empire in control of their planet. So it was almost, okay, we shut down the robots. Cool. Victory there. Oh, crap. Order 66. Our Jedi have been killed that are helping protect our planet. And it's a brand new world. Uh. And it just flips just like that. Uh, then we see in Star Wars Rebels, Spark of the Rebellion, which was the premiere, uh, the premiere movie of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, they gave us a look at how thing, how bad things got for the Wookiees in the age of the Empire. Uh, and things got so bad, we see Wookiees sent to notor- to the notorious spice mines of Kessel to be used as slaves. Not good. Uh, in Aftermath, thanks to Star Wars Rebels, we know that Wookiees were living under the impressive thumb of the Empire, but no one in the galaxy quite knew how bad it was. In this book, Hansel and Chewbacca find out and decide something needs to be done. And this continues on into Aftermath, Life Dead. Uh, of course, both books by Chuck Windig. Uh, you want to know what ha- w- want to know what Han and Chewie did to rescue Kashyyyk from the Empire? Well, you're just going to have to read about it in Aftermath, Life Dead. So, uh, you know, Wookiees are a prized, so, proud, proud species, just like we're a proud show. Go ahead. So this whole article was a plug for the new book? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> they, they took that much time, like three pages worth of article, to get to the point to say, hey, read Aftermath Life Debt. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it was one long commercial. Brilliant. Yeah. But, I mean, but the, but the, now you want to read it and find out, don't you? <laughs> But the the timeline the timeline's amazing. It's still still cool though to, to yeah. see yeah. what is now oh, being yeah. listed as canon. Um, yeah, you know between the you know what they're having to endure at the the hands of the Empire and then what they did endure under the hands of the Separatists. Okay, under the mechanical claws of the Separatists. Um, only time will will tell if we get more details on the plight and see what happens. Because um, I'd be curious to see if they even touch on Kashyyyk in, in the in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. I know um, when I saw Return- Revenge of the Sith, I was actually surprised that um, when all the Wookiees were actually on the beaches and actually down on the ground, because there was many times in the books that they had actually gone to Kashyyyk, even um, in Timothy Zahn's novels, where um, Leia had to hide on Kashyyyk, and they were all hundreds of feet up in the trees, and the whole idea was that the Wookiees never actually touched the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we we all know that the expanded universe wasn't Lucas's universe anyway, so right. that Lucas was able to use what he wanted and then ignore the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave us with this one final thought, which I know does you guys no good, but um, Star Wars stickers two is in the app store for for Apple devices. Uh, if you want your iMessages to be a little more rebellious. Uh, and then go pick up Star Wars Stickers 2, featuring characters of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, there's 21 animated stickers that allow users to enhance their iMessages with characters and creatures from a galaxy far, far away. Uh, it's available for $1.99. Uh, the pack is also filled with many fan-requested stickers, including Yoda in both Do and Do Not animations, Choking Jabba, and an, and a As You Wish Boba Fett. A lot of these stickers look like they came straight out of the um, Star Wars app. Yeah. You have the Star Wars app, yeah, they have stickers and emojis in there. A lot oh, of these yeah. look like they drop right back into that. Especially the Lothcat is the exact same one, except for he's moving. Yeah, it's I, I think it's the same company who did them for the, for the app. Um, but they're also doing it separate for those people who, who don't have the app. Yeah. So, um, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Well, I do have one other thing I found real quick. Um, remember the, the special, edi- well, the collector's edition, uh, 3d Blu-ray of the force awakens is now out. It came out on the 15th. Okay. So, and this has a bunch of new special features and all the special features from the original one. So it's out. You can get it out now. More than likely it's 3d Blu-rays go for about, um, 30 bucks. Now this one comes with the 3d Blu-ray, the regular Blu-ray, a digital HD copy and the DVD. So just about any format will have, and most of the special features are usually on the Blu-ray and the digital and the DVD. So, right. 
right. Cool. The, the DVD probably won't have as many special features because there's not as much space. But everything that's on the three, usually the 3D disc only has the 3D movie. Maybe it'll have a commentary track because it takes so much more information for the 3D movie. Right. Right. So go out and get your new your um, backup copy of The Force Awakens. Because <laughs> I know everybody already has one copy of it. Or or the other way of putting it, go out and buy your Force Awakens bonus features. That's yeah. right. Movie included. Well, <laughs> see, I would, I'll end up um, watching this because I have a 3D TV. I'll watch this more than I did the original. I'm just I want I want the I want the special fe- the bonus features but I'm a Oh yeah. I don't know Especially if I can justify audio buying com- a 3D disc. The audio commentary by JJ J. Abrams. Yeah. Oh yeah. And even more bo- deleted scenes. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I I might have to wait until it starts dropping in price. Well, 3D TVs don't cost that much more than a regular TV. Well, I'm not buying a 3D TV. I, I honestly <laughs> think that's that's uh, it's still a gimmick that that the companies are still pushing. I don't know. I went, we went and saw um, Fantastic Beasts today in IMAX 3D, and it was amazing. Some of the stuff they were doing with it. Yeah, well, IMAX is always good. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cinemark Cinemas here has um, what they call um, XD, which is re- as close as you get to IMAX without actually being IMAX, and it's actually it's pretty good too. Yeah. So I think 3D is going to be around for a while. Unfortunately, for the TV side of things. Although I don't remember the last time I watched anything in 3D, but... Wow, it's been a while since I've done it. I think I saw an animated movie with my nephew in 3D. Those are usually pretty good in 3D. Yeah. So When I, I... I wish I would have seen Doctor Strange in 3D. They the showing I went to yeah. they or they, had, they only had for the preview night they only had one 3D showing and one 2D showing. And the 3D showing was like at 10 o'clock at night. And I got to be at work at seven. <laughs> I heard I heard that movie's really good for the 3D. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I bet I bet it is. Yeah. So, uh, any other final thoughts? That's all I had for this week. Yeah, that's it. Other than have a happy life day, everybody. Happy Life Day. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, yes. Since, since we won't be back until after Thanksgiving. Uh, actually, we'll be back. Next show will be 15, 14 days before. Uh, no. Yeah. About 14 days before uh, Rogue One comes out. Maybe uh-huh. a little earlier. Maybe a little earlier. It comes out, what, the 16th, right? No, 17th. Yeah, 16th. 16th. So we'll be 13 days. The show will come out actually 12 days before. Two weeks. Yeah, because it comes out on the 16th, but you, you'll, everybody will be watching it on the 15th on the preview screenings. Yep. So, um, well then, on that note, give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Check. I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>